Wire podcast from the New York Post. This episode of Gangs All Here is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. We are live from the House of Q here at American Dream. Thanks to the good people at American Dream for having us. We're glad to be here. I'm the podfather, Jake Brown, host of Gangs All Here, and sitting in for Brian Costello. Let's welcome in the greatest fullback to ever do it. Ended his career with the Jets. Give it up for T. Rich, Tony Richardson. And DeBrickershaw Ferguson got in the ring of honor, but this guy did it first. Former Jet receiver for a decade, the pride of Hofstra, Jets legend. Give it up for Wayne Corbett. <laughs> we got my producer, Andrew Hartz, here with us. Sergio on video. We are live at House of Q following a Jets loss. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And guys, I didn't want to have to rant today, but I need to. But can you take, tell Sergio to take that uh, Giants head off? Yeah, take thanks, the Giants thanks, head yeah, off. Yeah, so yeah no yeah, Giants yeah, yeah. Throw it to the side. Uh, yeah, throw that away. Zach Wilson sucked today. Oh, that was a despicable <laughs> performance by the Jets quarterback, and I'm mad about it because the defense carried this team. They put the Jets on their back, sacking the quarterback. Secondary was good. You know, the run game wasn't terrible. But Zach made some inexcusable throws, T. Rich and Wayne, that made you feel like he regressed today. He was the rookie year Zach Wilson trying to be a hero, thinking he was Hercules instead of being the game manager that was 4-0. Instead, he held the ball too long. He threw it away. He tried to throw it away. It ended up in Patriots' hands. That's an unacceptable performance in a game that they should have won. Throw 355 out the window. I don't care how many yards he threw for. That was hard to watch from a Jets quarterback that could have threw that ball away multiple times. We'll talk about the JFM penalty, too. But, T. Rich, yep. that was a brutal performance from Zach Wilson. Well, you know, the biggest thing I'm going to say, obviously, you know, turnovers in this league will get you beat. Um, we definitely have to realize is like the Patriots have a really good defense. They have a guy by the name of Bill Belichick who does a great, you know, job of disguising different things and whatever. whatever. I do agree the, 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 the turnovers were not good turnovers. There's no such thing as a good turnover. Um, but the thing about it, we still have to understand that really this is his 18th game starting. He just came back off of injury. Um, the Jets are still 5-3. and three. You can't turn the ball over, especially when you have a, the defense is playing as well as the Zills. But, you know, the biggest thing is you got to learn from that. And every, whether it's practice tape, game tape, you go back and watch it, and you just can't do those kind of things. And I think the biggest thing is, like, you know, for him, because there's so much, you know, you live in New York City, there's so much negativity surrounded around his play, and I think he's just trying to go out and trying to make plays. They got to get that stuff cleaned up because you can't win in the football, you can't win in the National Football League, turn the ball over. Wayne, what did you see from Zach? Yeah, tough day all around, obviously. How he's been playing, you know, he's 4-0 since he came back, but it definitely took some steps back today. Um, I, I think he knows that. Everybody knows it, so we don't need to blast him because he's going to hear it all week. But they need to watch the film and, and look themselves in the mirror and understand what they did right and wrong. Not a lot of right, but he's young. Like I said, he's young, you know, but he's making mistakes he shouldn't be making. But um, it's just the turnovers. You know, he, if he throws a couple of those balls in the, into the stands, 
you know, we're not talking about it right now. Well, and also you think about it, you lose AVT, and that obviously, you know, Brees, Holmes, Brees Hall is, is, is a big they loss. They Brees Hall. Today. No, yeah, no yeah. doubt. But you think about it, losing your running back is one thing, but when you lose your offensive lineman who literally – could be the MVP of, of, of the Jets right now. When you lose him, all of a sudden there's no continuity in the offensive line. Things start changing. Things get different. And then all of a sudden it's like, and I've been around quarterbacks. When you start hearing footsteps, you get hit one time or the pressure's coming, you know, all of a sudden you start seeing things that really aren't there. And unfortunately he, you know, and I've never been in a, been a quarterback or had guys running at me that are a lot bigger than me, stronger than me, and, and trying to get the ball out of my hands. But definitely those are things he has to learn from. You know, sometimes it's okay to take the sack. Sometimes it's okay to do whatever you just can't you can't throw the ball up like that for um, you know it's pretty much like a punt return so you can't do those kind of things yeah the first one I mean he overthrew a running back and what does it lead to it leads to a Patriots field goal on what could have been a pick six you know that's a penalty on JFM I mean we could argue maybe it's a ticky tack call there yeah. on the roughing the passer but he holds back there and the Jets are up 17-3 at the half all the momentum's in their favor I know the Patriots started the second half but Wayne I mean that JFM's done that twice. He did that against the Bengals. Yeah. He did that against Houston last year where it cost them. And now he does it today. There's no excuse for him. He's not a rookie. He's not a young player. He's been in this league. He got a big money contract extension last year. There's got to be some diff diff uh, some discipline there with John Franklin Meyer. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was a bad call. I was on the field for DeBrickishaw's, um, you know, induction. So I saw they scored. I didn't see the replay to later. And I was like, basically they said, they gave him a penalty for hitting him too hard. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was a little yeah. late. Was Pee Wee? He yeah, didn't land exactly. on him. Yeah. I mean, and I said, why do people tune in? For the, the touchdowns, the big hits. And that's what people, I said, how long could we have played? If they, I'd, I'd still if be playing how, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah we playing. could be playing yeah. right now if yeah. they weren't allowed to hit yeah. you like that. Yeah, I mean, that, that reasoning is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. But, you know, he holds back, and Michael Carter, the other Michael Carter, has a second pick and a pick yeah. six. And I felt all the momentum change there, guys, because then what do the Patriots do out of the half? They score a touchdown. It's 13-10. Then a missed field goal. I mean, you want to talk about – all right, let's tie this thing up. Oh, we talk, we that talked about changes that, yeah. a missed field goal. Yeah. Then it's 16-10. Patriots get another field goal. Another field goal is 19-10. Yeah. And then Zach – Another just what is he doing interception where you could argue that the defender's knee was out there. I know they reviewed that and they still it up was upheld. But there's a sequence of events that that's the, your ball game right there. Well, too, Rich. So we, you know, Wayne and I were actually talking about this a little bit ago. It's like that missed field goal is a backbreaker because a lot of times I think a lot of people don't understand when you miss a field goal, the ball doesn't go from the line of scrimmage. It goes from where you missed the field goal. And you're talking about, you know, and one thing Coach Emil uh, obviously now is in the Hall of Fame. One thing we would do on uh, every Wednesday, we would go through the turnover ratio in the league and the percentages, and we'd also go over field position. If you lose those two things, field position and the turnover ratio, you have, I mean, the percentages go down. So when you miss a field goal like that, one is the momentum because, you know, you're, you know, you were able to go and get some points on the board, you know, kick the ball off and pin them back. You miss that, all of a sudden it goes to the point to where you kick the ball from and and all of a sudden then they go down and score. So those, those kind of momentum swings actually hurt you a lot. And then the turnovers, I mean, you can't, you cannot turn the football over in this National Football League unless you're playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that can overcome those kind of things. And a lot of guys don't have those type of quarterbacks. There's only maybe one or two elite quarterbacks in the National Football League that overcomes those type of things. But when you have a young team that's continuing to try to build week in and week out, you can't turn the football over. You can't – I mean, every time you get – you can put points on the board, you have, to pit, you have to be able to put points on the board. The problem with it is it's so deflating to an offense to drive it all the way down there 
and to come away with nothing and the defense is, you know, they don't get a chance to break. And it's like, no, they get off the bench like, man, they, they did all that, didn't get any points, we're back in the same spot. So, yeah, I mean, it's not just field position as much. It's just, yeah. it's just a bad feeling overall. The, you know, the whole morale goes down. And a lot of people left the building. I mean, when this got to 22-10, you saw a lot of people hit the exits. And you got to give Jets fans credit. They showed up today. This place was absolutely packed. They, You know, most of them yeah. got there pretty early. Uh, Hart, see if you can pull up the exact attendance number. But I'm pretty sure this was a complete sellout. Obviously, well, it's some. But everyone was there. It was the biggest... And for a large part of the game, the loudest crowd in a long time. Well, it's funny enough. So I was actually in Minnesota last night. My buddy Jared Allen, uh, who I played with in Kansas City, had him as a rookie, which, which he's a different guy from uh, from Kansas City to Minnesota. But I didn't fly back in until this morning. And as soon as I landed, um, I had to go to my house to pick up my car. But I started listening to the radio. And even at, like, 9, 10 o'clock, I heard the stadium was packed. So it took me... I don't even know how it, it took me from Long Island City knowing it's a 20, 30 minute ride. It took me almost an hour and something to get into All the break, stadium. no gas. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And then even even when I parked it, finally parked the car and just to get into the stadium, this is probably the loudest I've heard it. Um, I mean, there was still very disappointed. There was a lot of Patriots fans in there. I'm like, I just don't understand how Patriots fans get that many tickets in our own stadium, but we that's a whole different scenario. Well, they but might yes, have got them before the Jets were 5-2. and two, Well, and that's they, true, you know. too. But Jets, Jet fans showed up today, so we definitely got to give a shout-out to our Jets fans for, for coming. And they're going to be there next week, too, because obviously we got a tough opponent. We don't want to go there that fast. But uh, we do ha definitely have to turn the page. we got Buffalo coming in here, and they can care less. They, they play tonight, and it's going to be an electric crowd next week as well. And that game still potentially can get flexed. Because yeah, at the end of the day, everyone's upset, everyone's pissed off mad or whatever. Well, but because the they... But the Jets are still 5-3. and three. The Jets because are still 5-3. The and three. Jets should have been 6-2 and two today, yeah. going to yeah. Buffalo, and no, then no. you forward no, losing not, to Buffalo. No, not going into Buffalo. Buffalo's or coming here. Going against <laughs> Buffalo, yeah, then exactly. coming here. Although they're yeah. going to have a lot of Bills fans. I mean, Wayne, that's that's a 6-2 and two team, potentially. Yeah. Right, That's yeah. why this one stings me yeah. extra hard today, like a B. It does sting. And, and like Tony said, you know, the crowd was loud. Oh, I mean, I was... I mean, I was in a box... Um, and we just had like the window open, but just in there, I mean, it was so, they were so ready to see a win today and, and they hung in there and, and, you know, the whole time the offense had the ball for New England, the crowd was into it. Um, and then just, like I said, deflated in the second half and then it got quiet, but they were out there. They came out strong today. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And the weather was perfect. The, it was setting up for a beautiful day and. It still was a nice day. And, you know, yeah. we'll give it up for DeBrickashaw Ferguson. For sure. A guy that you played with entering the Ring of Honor. And what was incredible about Brick, and we'll talk a little bit about it, but, you know, he never missed a game. Oh, and, like, incredible. he missed he missed one play. And here's why. And, and here's why I want to talk about that. He, he missed one play on a trick play. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Something that the Jets did not do today. And we got to hate on Michael Fleur a little bit because I thought he was his play calling was atrocious. And why is Chris Strebler active if there was nothing built for him? Like, when we heard he was active, I thought there was going to be some kind of trickery yeah. built in. I don't think the Jets ran one trick play today. Well, you know, interesting enough, so that's one thing I like to do before I start getting into the overreaction. I listened to Salah's press conference. So uh, as I was leaving the stadium, I was listening to his press conference. And so he pretty much said, you know, the reason why they did the quarterbacks like that and why Flacco wasn't dressed is like, you know what? If Zach gets hurt, Mike, Mike White is the guy. And they also had some stuff in there, and he said, you know what, it just didn't materialize, and we didn't get a chance to do that. But it's interesting because I was like, oh, Flacco's not dressed today, but I think they pretty much made the decision um, that if Zach gets hurt, that Mike, Mike White is the next guy, and then I guess you're going to try to, you know, use, you know, struggle for, for some plays. But I, I would have never known that. 
because you know Wayne and I are both in the same way when we're at the at the game like we do get a chance to watch the game but there's so much stuff going on yeah. that we don't get a chance to, to hear a lot of it so for me to sit in the car and listen to the press conference that kind of gave me a little bit of clarity why they did that Wayne do you think the conservative play calling of that a uh, little bit I mean he didn't have much time to do anything uh, I like to maybe see more a little more crossing routes a little more high percentage throws we don't do a lot of that, but it gets done to us a lot. Yeah. But I'm almost, I almost wish they were on the road this week coming up. You know, because this, with Zach, it's going to be tough because they're going to be screaming for, you know, a quarterback debate. You know what yeah. I mean? To put someone else in there. But, um, hey, they got to get back on their horse this week. They got a big game. Um, you know, but they're underdogs, and I think they play the underdog role well. So hopefully they win. And, and, and Once again, they, Vegas got it right. By the way, I mean it's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, how are the Jets underdogs? Well, listen, and you got you to imagine that we've all been to Vegas. We've probably been there sometimes, but we don't remember a lot about Vegas. <laughs> but there's a reason why there's all those tall buildings and those casinos. They do something right. I'm like, because I was the same way. I'm like, how in the world are we underdogs? We, I'm a homer, Jets. How are we underdogs? But for whatever reason, they figure out a way. To, they get this thing almost down to almost the point spread and everything else. And I'm like, and I know for a fact, because people, you know, people who gamble like, hey, T-Rich, have you ever been approached by something? I'm like, not one time, not one game I've ever played in where I felt that one of my teammates, oh, I didn't even know what the point spread was when I played. We I think it was different when that. you played, yeah. yeah now FanDuel all, yeah, yeah, all this yeah, is everywhere. Yeah. That. But to answer your question as far as the play calling, I think the biggest thing is you – Call the plays based on your personnel. And right now, the Jets are a running football team. And you can win a lot of football games like that. Run the football, play great defense, don't turn the ball over. If you can do that, and not saying you want to make Zach a game manager, but also you still have to understand, this kid is in his second year. This is his, what, since he's been injured, he came in 4-0. This is fifth game since he came off a knee injury. So I don't believe that you got to put the handcuffs on him, but also believe, like, you know, do the things you do well, and the running game is going pretty well. The biggest thing you got to try to do is eliminate the turnovers. You eliminate the turnovers, the Jets win the ball game today, hands down. But, you know, that's that's why I'm sitting over here with Wayne and not coaching. <laughs> but uh, but that's that's what I really believe. And, you know, it doesn't exactly help when Elijah Moore is saying what he's saying. And now after the game, he said, uh, I don't get the ball. I don't know. On his chemistry with Zach Wilson. Wayne, uh, you're a former receiver. <laughs> right. What do you think about Elijah Moore? I think – the best way to not get the ball is yeah. to do what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen, I, yeah. I'm not in the room with him with these conversations with his with the you know receiver coach with the head coach. So I don't know completely what's going on, but it just it doesn't look good when you're riding a, a winning streak and you come out and say what you did. My opinion is that he got some bad advice yeah. from someone in his camp, um, trying to force a trade or, or whatnot. I you know I don't think he came up with that on his own. I don't know the guy, but hopefully, um, you know, he can get back in there and do the job and have that be forgotten. And, and, and let me say this, and I, I know Wayne does it, you know, he's obviously a very humble guy, and I always, every time I get a chance to give Wayne his flowers, I do. Like, Wayne Corbett would never, ever, ever, ever do that, because I know when you have guys, like, if you have 53 Wayne Corbett's on your team, you're going to win a lot of damn football games. And the thing about it is, for me, it kind of upset me a little bit, because it's like, dude, when you, if you get the ball... Ten times great. If you get it one time, great. You do your job and things happen. And that's the thing that, you know, I always say, if you open the dictionary, you look up for the epitome of what a New York Jet, you're going to see Wayne Corbett because he's going to go out there and give you every last single ounce of energy that he has. And he's never going to go to the coach like, oh, I was open on that. No, you know what? 
progressions, things happen and whatever. So to make comments like that after a game, tough. I don't know this guy. Like Wayne said, if we're not in those meetings, we don't know what's going on. But there's no reason to do that. Air your stuff out with the coaches. Air yeah. it out in the locker room. Don't do that in the media. because that, that's so, And I know for a fact Wayne wouldn't do that. We had a receiver. We did throw me the damn ball. We had a guy who did that. You can't you can't win football games like that when you got a young team and you got a guy here talking about give me the ball. I'm open. I'm open. Everybody, I'm open right now too, but I don't want the damn ball. Well, the squad we had though was yeah. when we did our best. I me, mean, Curtis, we never had. It was me, Lavernia, Santana. Yeah. We were happy when when our teammates were doing well, and it was almost like, can you top this? Or when it's your turn, everybody yeah. will have their turn, but. Like I said, I don't want to badmouth the kid because no, he doesn't know any no, better. Yeah, that's but fine. He, it's no. just, <laughs> yeah. it's no, bad I'm not going to badmouth him. It's just it's not a good look. It's I'm, bad. It's so bad, man. I'm a, full, I'm a fullback. So for me, as a fullback, and granted I had a chance to touch the ball as a tailback, what the heck would I be like, oh, I'm a fullback. You know what? I need uh, Priest Holmes getting 30 carries. I need 10 of those. Well, I look like, a, <laughs> I yeah. look like an idiot. There's no way I'm going to do that because my, my job was to go block, and the dirtier my face mask got, the more blood I had on my mouthpiece, the less I got the ball, the better our team did, and that's the type of mentality that Wayne Corbett has, the same mentality I have, and that's how you win football games because it's not about – and I'm going to tell you, George Brett, uh, Baseball Hall of Famer, was my neighbor in Kansas City. He said when you start caring about the name on the front of the jersey, more about the name on the back, you're going to win a lot of football games, a lot of baseball games, and I took that mentality and I took that at heart. And to me, you've never heard me in the media like, man, you know what? Sanchez, I was opening the flat. I probably well, wasn't rece- open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is the receiver <laughs> you're talking about is Keyshawn you were talking about no, before? No, I'm not. I'm not talking about no, Braylon yeah, Edwards? I, no, I'm not. No, who was the one I'm you not, were just I'm, talking about before? Well, we know who wrote a book that said, throw me the damn ball. Who did that? Who was that? Uh, yeah, that was, was a book. Yeah, it was, was it Keyshawn? Yeah, that was by a guy Keyshawn. by the name of Keyshawn. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not calling him out because he wanted the ball. He probably needed the ball. But I'm just saying, for me personally, I just want guys just to show up and go to work. Yeah, and I feel like that makes things awkward in the locker room. Like when you're around yeah. the guy, you try to keep it civil, but how are you going to do that? I mean, it's, it's hard, right? It's 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 just the timing of it. Yeah. When you're four and two, you don't do that. When you're zero and five, like hey, you know, give me a chance. I can help turn this thing around the team. But there's a way to do it. And, but this, you you do it in private. You don't you don't put your uh, your business out on the street like that. Because now now what's the alternative? You start throwing to him. It looks like he won. If you yeah, don't, exactly. it looks like you're not throwing it to him because he said that. There's no, there's no win-win there. Yeah, and zero targets on the day for Elijah Moore. Uh, or one target, excuse me. That's about it. He was way down to the box score. I had to really scroll down to find that. And, you know, even Denzel Mims had two for 76 today. It was the Garrett Wilson show, six for 115. It is unbelievable that Zach threw for 355 because he was I just I terrible. Didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. 20 for yeah. 41 for 355. They only ran it 15 times. And, again, I thought LaFleur, and it was a very Brian Schottenheimer call on third and 18 running a draw. I mean, they're probably they're showing no faith here in Zach, and well, it's hard to. Hold on. So now i got to get back to the football X's and O's. You, you realize if it's third and 18, they're playing the pass. So that's we made a lot of bones when I was in Kansas City. And we got, I mean, third and 18, there's, there's not a lot of plays that's on your play script for third and 18. But a draw is actually a good play in third and 18 because guess what? They're dropping off. They're playing the pass. And if your running back can make a couple guys miss, especially if they're playing cover two, you can get that first down. So I've been in games like that where that's happened. So if you're trying to launch back and throw the ball, they're going to pick it off, and that definitely didn't work well. So you sometimes you just got to, you know, take your losses, third and 18. We didn't have a lot of plays for third and 18 because you don't want to be in that down because that's a very bad. That was screen, a, though. Yeah. Like, you know, teams don't throw screens anymore. That's screen. They didn't do any yeah, screens yeah, yeah, yeah. today. You what talk, happened to yeah. the screen? I don't even see the screen Wide game. Wide receiver screen, yeah. tight end screen. Conklin had a good day. You, like, yeah. you talk about LaFleur and the play calling. 
when you're in third and 18, like you just said, that limits your playbook. Like when you've got manageable third and five, third and six, third and seven, whatever it is, you know, the playbook's open. You can run a majority of your plays, but like you said, maybe the floor just the situations is just doesn't call for opening up the playbook. So um, you can't blame them there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was more, you know, end of the third, into the fourth quarter, running the ball the first few downs, not going no huddle. Even the Patriots, when they were up in this game, they went no huddle a few times. The Jets, there was just no sense of urgency. Yeah, with 10 minutes ago, I don't know why we were huddling up. I would just, yeah. yeah. That's the biggest probably question I have with the, the coaching today was why we weren't in hurry up or early in the game, no huddle. Because when they did that to us, that's when they started moving the ball. Yeah, sure. we, couldn't, we couldn't get our new lineman back in fresh. Um, so, yeah, that was one thing that I was curious about. Yeah, ten and a half minutes left. I mean, short run, run, you know, eating up so much clock. I thought the Jets got out coached today by a better coach, obviously, in Bill Belichick. And 13 straight, lucky number 13, 13 straight losses to the goddamn Patriots. The Patriots are the Jets' daddy. Am I right? Listen, I ain't going there. You're not you're not finna get me. You're not finna get me on that clickbait media, so I, I am not going there. But yeah, we would definitely like not to have lost this game today, but yeah, you're not getting me on this the clickbait. This was supposed to be yeah, the game, yeah, yeah, it, was, it was supposed to the be the blackout. Game. Yeah, now this I mean, is the Jets' listen, funeral. I know. I mean listen, everything was the, the stage was set today. Uh, the energy, I'm telling you, the energy, that's one thing I gotta give a shout out to the fans. The energy, the fans showed up today. The energy were there. The, the team played, they came out playing hard. And I think sometimes it's like and you think about it, and sometimes, I mean, I've never played the quarterback position, but I think sometimes after that first pick, you start thinking, like, man, I got to pick my play up, and you want to try to create a play. And sometimes it's just like, you know what, let the game come to you instead of trying to take the game over. So, you know, I'm not in Zach's head. So hopefully now the good thing about it, it's a learning opportunity. Unfortunately, it's a learning opportunity at the expense of a loss. But you know what, go back in, study the tape. Hopefully they look at the tape tonight. And look at the tape tomorrow, and then obviously Wednesday, you got to move on. Now it's time to get ready for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and the Bills will play the Packers. I can't wait to see that. Uh, yeah. Miami with a big win against uh, yeah. Detroit. They're 5-3 and three now. The Patriots are a game back. Who would have thought at the turn that we would be in contention for first or second place in the, in the East? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, and I know it's easy because, you know, one thing about it, Jimmy Ray was my running back coach. Um, when I was here with the Jets, and obviously he was my running back coach in Kansas City, the easiest position to critique every single day, every single game, is the quarterback position, and it's glaring. But at the end of the day, it's like this team is playing hard. They have a lot of intangibles. They got a lot of pieces. I mean, we can't even – let's focus on the positive. Sauce Gardner is that guy. Like, let's talk about those kind of things. Our, our pass rush where everyone was saying that we didn't have a pass rush, they got after the quarterback today. So there was a lot of things that you can build on. And there's things you can correct, you know what I mean? Special teams didn't play as well as I think they could have played, but they definitely played pretty well. But the thing about it, if you clean those turnovers over and clean them up, there's, I mean, we're in a lot. We, I mean, we're in the ball game today. You look at what scored twenty, what twenty two seventeen. Yeah. With three turnovers, that that's tough. That's oh, that's tough what to makes it more frustrating. And I thought special teams was actually terrible today. I thought there were well, some bad punts. So you gonna say that? You trying to get me to say the clickbait? I'm not falling for your clickbait. All right, well, I'm no, just, I'm just gonna, you know. I'm just <laughs> saying that special <laughs> yeah. teams was trash today. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that. So there you're was, trying to get me? There was a terrible clickbait. punt. Yeah. They gave up a long yeah. punt return. Yeah. Greg Zerlin missed a field goal. They tried to run it out of the end zone on a couple of kick returns. Barrios got to the fifteen. Hey, I say that. Yeah, suck listen, today. Here you go. 
They were really yeah. bad. And hey, you don't pay me enough to uh, come on this show to get that's, clickbait. That's true. No, 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 yeah. I don't need that. We got that the last two weeks <laughs> we, on the Giants Wayne, podcast. Wayne and I both work for the Jets. Yeah, I, I know. We had David Tyree going take there, a no. dump on Dan yeah, yeah, last week. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Moore played just ten <laughs> snaps today, by the way. So that was a big reason for yeah. uh, he wasn't out there. And you know, Salah said he just wanted Garrett Wilson out there more. So as you should. Why I think not? that's a statement yeah. to you know Elijah's got to yeah. stop talking his ish. And Tuesday's the trade deadline. Do you go out now after a loss? You know, I'll start with you, Wayne. Do you go trade for a, a Conklin and get that left tackle? Do you go out and trade for another, you know, receiver? Do you make a move here, Joe D, and try to go all in for the playoffs? No, no, you can't call him Joe D. Trader Joe. Trader Joe. Trader Joe. I don't know. I don't know what's available, what's out there. I mean, I'm happy that they could win with what they have. All I can say is this. Listen, it's a very let's go get Tunzel. Let's go. Yeah, it's a sour it feeling. A yeah, it's gonna cost all of us. Yeah, we're He's all sour. Everybody. Yeah, it's we're all sour money, right now. Yeah. It's yeah. tough. Now you can't do it. We're sour today. Everybody's sour, and it's a bad feeling. We got our mouth going home until the next game. But if in training camp or after the first games, we're both of our, we said we'd be five and three. Man. People You'll would sign it. up. Yeah. We'll take it. It's just yeah. it's just how it happened today. But we are five and three still. Jets fans, so we're, we're, if we can win half our games, we've got a chance to make the playoffs. Definitely. That's all that matters. What's crazy is that an onside kick would have made it Cleveland uh, part two. If they pulled that off in the end there, they were still in this right. game. And Zach's got to be better next week, and he's got to do it against a tough Bills team. Gang's all here podcast, Jake Brown, Tony Richardson, Wayne Corbett. DeBrickershaw Ferguson, what did he mean as a, a player and a teammate for you guys, and how proud are you him getting the ring yeah, of honor? Yeah, to me, Brick was a pity me. It's funny. It's interesting because, like, you know, you look at you look at different guys, and you're like, okay, here's this guy, the Brickershaw Ferguson, that literally could stand straight up and, and tied on tied shoes. Like, he was built to be an offensive lineman, but just to think about the adversity in which he had to go through, having open-heart surgery as a kid, being able to, you know, build his body back up, you know, obviously be a first-round draft choice, miss one one play his entire career and Brick was just tough as nails and so um, you know you look at the organization you say man you cornerstones of your team if you can get a left tackle that played with the consistency and the thing about it which is a loyalty and I think one thing Jeff fans need to you know really you know uh, salute this man like he, there was opportunities he could have maybe gone and maybe played another five years maybe for a lesser number but still could possibly have played and he was like I'm a Jet I always wanted to be a Jet I'm here I'm from here um, there's a DeBrickishaw Ferguson way. I've actually passed it up in Long Island. So I, I, I think, it's, I mean, his family's actually incredible. I met his parents. I know his kids. Incredible guys. So I'm so happy for Brick, and it was well-deserved. Was there a guy like Brick on your teams? Was it Kevin Mawai? Yeah, Mawai was a little, you know, feisty out there. Brick is, you know, true gentleman uh, on and off the field. Kevin, though, he get after you a little bit. I don't think the uh, – Defense alignment liked him very much. No one did. But, uh, you know, Brick is well respect, uh, respected around the league and, and in the Jets complex. So, you know, couldn't happen to a better guy getting in the ring of honor. Yeah, looking forward to seeing. Who's next? We had Darrell Rivas yep. on the 27th. Another guy you played with. Yeah, Rivas was my roommate in training camp, so I always call him roommate. Give me a Rivas like story. Uh, you know, there was everybody, uh, everyone asked me for a Rivas story. Rivas was the guy that literally, I got a good Rivas story for you, and Wayne would appreciate this. So, you know, Rivas is my roommate in training camp. And so there'll be some times where it's like, you know, A, B, or C motion, and the fullback has to motion out the line of scrimmage. So I had to motion out, and it's like, Rivas is over me. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get him. So I'm like trying to get off the line. He hit me 
boom, right on my shoulder. I was like, Reeves, if you ever hit me this damn hard again, dude, he almost broke my shoulder. But the thing about it was like, first of all, I'm not used to getting off the line of scrimmage against press corners. Dude, he hit me in my shoulder so hard. But the thing about Reeves was he was a student of the game. Like, he studied tape. I mean, Ty Law is obviously a good friend of his. They came from Aliquippa together. Um, but he was he was never out of position. Revis wasn't a guy that's going to go run a 4-2, but you weren't going to beat him. You know what I mean? You, he, one of the strongest guys I've been around, one of the smartest guys I've been around. He kept a booklet on every last single receiver. And, uh, you know, and there's a reason why I think he's going to be a first battle Hall of Famer. So hopefully this is, you know, a first battle Hall of Fame on top of the ring of honor. So Revis is a guy that, and he didn't talk much. I mean, he was quiet and he just went about his business and and, you know, it's, it's amazing when you look at the organization and how some of these drafts have really, you know, you know, played out. You look at it like if you can draft Hall of Famers, that means you did something pretty damn good. The way Sauce Gardner's playing, he could be a Hall of Famer one day. And yeah. that defense is, again, why it's discouraging. Six sacks. They, they did everything right, essentially. Well, you, We're on the field too long because of all the turnovers. Well, you know the but. thing about it, when you have a guy like Sauce Garner, it gives you the ability to do so much. And I played with a few guys like that. When I was in uh, Minnesota, we had Antoine Winfield. When I was in Kansas City, we had Dale Carter, obviously James Hasty. But when you have a guy like Revis, you could call the game. Like, we were going to meetings. This is funny. Rex would just say, hey, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. Revis, you got this guy? Let's break. And that's all he would say. He would just tell – you know what, Revis, you got this guy, and Revis took that guy the whole game, and then we'll, we'll coach the defense the rest of this. There's no reason for all of us to sit in here. When you have special guys like that, I think Sauce Garner is one of those guys that, I mean, this kid is just like, he's way above his maturity level, having a rookie to be able to go out week in and week out against some of the best receivers and just shut him down and, and you know, just the swag he plays with, and it's not like overconfidence. It's just he believes in his abilities, long arms, fast. He reminds me a little bit of Del Carter being that length and those long arms, and also being able to run. So um, yeah, I think that the future of the Jets is bright, but we can't move on until we get past this game, and we're going to Buffalo. Buffalo's coming in here, and we got to get that smackdown. Wayne, what do you think? Playoffs? Can this team still do make the playoffs? Five and three right now. Yeah, why not? We're in a good situation right now. Uh, we certainly don't have an easy schedule. Um, but, listen, I think we could play with any team. Uh, Buffalo is going to be tough. I'm not sure what to expect. But, like, we put ourselves in a good situation, you know, one game and then the bye to kind of recoup, hopefully get some guys back healthy. So, yeah, why can't we make the playoffs? I mean, you look at the schedule, you tell me they can't win majority of their games or at least half their games. I don't see why not. We can play the schedule game. Let's close. <laughs> let, you know, five and three. They lose to Buffalo five and four. Hold on. Why are you, hold on. What are you doing? I'm just going to say you they're going like to lose to Buffalo. Listen, I'm so glad I'm like, Yeah, you're like clickbait. What do you mean? How do you, how you automatically? Because you never know what's going to happen. We don't New look, England just lost to the Bears. They got smacked. Okay, but listen. One thing they, about it. They we, did not look good so they, today. Hold on, the Jets should, just look bad. So check this out. So. Buffalo still has a game to play tonight. I don't ever want to wish injuries. You never know how that game's going to happen. It's true. So, if Josh yeah, Allen gets hurt, we can win. Yeah. yeah I mean, listen. It's like <laughs> the, the only player that gets hurt will win. All right. See, see you like the click rate. No, no, we'll yeah, be yeah, in yeah. the game next no, week. Everybody's we'll be in, it. Be in every game. Yeah. So think about it. All right. So I'm not going to count that a loss. Okay, keep going. Who are we going I'm just going to say, for okay, now, I'll say yeah. loss. Let's okay. say they get revenge. Hypothetically speaking. Let's say they get revenge and beat New England 6 and 4. Let's say they beat the Bears 7 and 4. They'll lose in Minnesota 7 and 5. Lose in Minnesota? Let's just say they do. Minnesota's good this year. Yeah, someone pull this mic. Let's say they lose to the Bills at 7-6. and six. Let's say they beat the Lions at 8-6. Yeah. Beat the Jaguars 9-6. and six. Yep. Let's Here say they beat Seattle 10-6 and six yep. and lose to Miami 10-7. and seven. We All beat, right. You'll sign up for that. We can't, we beat we Miami, beat Miami, Miami did, we, did we beat Miami already? 
Yes, but I'll, but you're not going to beat Seattle and my. So I'll take 10 and 7. Why not? I'll take 10 and 7. I don't know why not. Who's your fandom? Who you root for? Who's your team? I'm a Jets fan, but I got to be realistic. What do you mean? How are you a Jets fan? You already called I already gave them more wins than they're probably going to get. If they go 10 and 7. No, 5 and 3 was more wins than you gave. You probably thought we were 0 and 8 by now. I said 7 and 10 before the season. You said 4 and 13. What would you think the first eight games? Would you have it? 0 and 8? Or was probably like 7? One and two seven. and six so or three and five. So do yeah. not take. Don't take it. I'm not taking. This one just left a sour yes. feeling in my saying. mouth. So we would be one and seven right now, based on your. your this was a crappy New England team. Wait. A crappy bunch. You think Vegas Full is so crap. smart? Vegas Someone is so turn smart. His mic off. Please turn the <laughs> hey, mic. The over under was four and a half wins <laughs> in Vegas. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. damn it, this one hurt today. This yeah. just brought me down. Yeah. Well, Jets Bills next week. Oh my gosh. Big game. I'll be there next week. But for now, this is the final live pod. So I got to thank. Give it up for Wayne Corbett, everybody. Woo! Wayne Corbett. <laughs> Huge crowd. Yeah. Give it up for Tony wild. Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. Rich. I'm the one that kept it real today, but we're going to take your mic. We're going yeah. to plug your microphone. No, it's my I show. Be a yeah, my mic's always yeah. on. I know, right? Mic's on. He's ready to go. Um, I'm Jake Brown. Thanks to Andrew Hartz. Thanks to Sergio. Thanks to House of Q. Thanks to your Tri-State Cadillac deals. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. New York Post. Gang's all here. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. We'll talk to you on Thursday. I'll be back with Kaz. Peace.